0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Merry Meadow podcast. Today we are going to talk about landscape fabric. And when I say landscape fabric, I mean using it as a cut flower farmer to save on your time pulling weeds this is probably one of the number one questions I get. How do you keep up with weeding? What do you do? One of my customers sent in an email and she's like, give me some tips and tricks. My husband is an agronomist and he just wants to spray it with a bunch of chemicals. Please help me. I get it. You know, corn, soybeans, you know, there's a lot of chemicals used in killing those weeds and it's it's confusing. And what do we do? And I found that landscape fabric is what keeps it to the most labor intensive for many, many reasons. And I didn't invent this. I absolutely did not invent this, but it is a really tried and true method that I think that you can really incorporate. Even if you have a small, tiny 20 by 20 foot garden, actually my late husband and I started using landscape fabric in 2015 and it was absolutely life-changing. And I think that you can incorporate it in your own garden. So actually, when I say we started using landscape fabric in 2015 or whenever it was, it, nope, nope, we did not. We used plastic because it's it's cheaper. And so we use the landscape plastic that you find at, you know, Fleet Farm or whatever, but it really only is good for one season. It rips up really easily And it's just really wasteful, and who wants to use that much plastic? And then you feel guilty because of the earth and the environment, and blah, 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 obviously. And so we quit using plastic, and I started reading more okay, what's a better option? And then I found the option of landscape fabric. So, yes, it is not a biodegradable product, but it will last a really, really long time. There are a lot of flower farmers that have been doing it for 10 years, the same exact piece of fabric. A lot of mine are four years old the long strips and they are showing no signs of wear whatsoever and so I'm hoping to use them for 10 15 20 years and I would argue also that so that same piece of fabric that goes on your soil or that goes on your flower bed compared to having a truckload of extra compost and a truckload of mulch and a truckload you know what what's the carbon footprint difference on both of those and so I just think you know reduce, reuse, recycle, I am reusing over and over again. So this landscape fabric in each of my rows, I will take, and you actually take a propane torch and you burn holes in it and that's where your plant goes. And the reason you have to burn holes in it is because if you cut it with a scissors, It will unravel and you will have a huge mess. It will also unravel and get caught in your lawnmower blade if you get too close to it when it's unraveled. Speaking from experience on my John Deere 730X mower. Whoops. Sorry, flower farmer fiance for when you had to get that unraveled, but you really want to use a propane torch when you burn it. And I will get into that in a little bit. But first I'm gonna talk about the other benefits besides weed suppressant that you use landscape fabric for. So first of all. Like I said, it's reusable, plastic is not, and it just does a really good job, and you're not using chemicals, you're not you know, spraying anything that might kill your flower or might harm the product, or just you don't know what you're putting on your compost pile, and it's pretty, pretty earth-friendly. It also heats up the soil pretty well, and so a lot of the cut flowers that I grow, whether it's basil, sunflowers, zinnias, celosia, lisianthus although we'll get to that in a second because they're planted pretty close together but they thrive on heat so the landscape fabric actually heats up the soil pretty well and it also helps with moisture retention so it really is going to keep your soil moist and then you don't have to water as much it doesn't dry out from the wind and from the other element elements it also looks really nice i will admit that i that's one of my favorite parts about it especially in the spring when things are starting to pop up it just looks really nice it helps with spacing the stuff that i buy has 12 inch lines on it so i know exactly how far apart i'm planting everything and so that just really makes it easy when it comes to planting that i think that it just keeps that soil minimally disturbed because it's covered up until the late fall and then you can add more compost on top of it for the winter or you know you can you can grow a cover top crop after you get rid of it but you know just it, it, there's a lot of benefits for why we do it but I, I can't imagine not having landscaping fabric within my flowers and if you go to my blog I've got a bunch of pictures of what it looks like when it's first growing but essentially the brand that I like to use is called Dewitt d-e-w-i-t-t I'll post some links of it on my blog but it comes in anywhere from three foot to six foot wide, and it'll come in 300 foot long rolls. Now my rows are about a hundred feet each right now. They're, no, they're 60 feet each. I'm sorry. They're 60 feet each. There's 18 that are 60 feet each. Nope. That's not true. (laughs) Abby's laughing at me. They were 60 feet each last year. No, now they're a hundred. They're a hundred feet long this year, which is a lot. (laughs) so these rolls come in three feet to six feet wide I bought six feet wide rolls for my peonies so those are six feet wide by 120 feet long my peony rows are and then I laid them out and then I burned the holes and then they will stay there forever and ever amen I'm hoping (laughs) really help with the soil retention the weed suppressant I might eventually... No, but honestly, I don't want to mull around them. So nope, that fabric's just going to stay there. But the Dewitt brand is just a really good quality brand. And like I said, there's a lot of people that have it for at least 10 years. And it's it just, just works really well. So what I do is, obviously, you add your compost, add any amendments that your soil needs after you work it in. And, you know, your soil's good to grow. Good to go. I will then lay out my drip lines, which remember, there is... So say along the entire north to south, there is one really long continuous hose or water source. And every few feet, there is a line running east to west off of that with little holes in it every six inches or whatever. I will do a whole episode on irrigation, drip lines, drip works is the company that I've bought my kits from. Uh, We'll talk about that. But basically I learned to put the irrigation underneath the fabric is very important. Otherwise fall cleanup is a disaster first of all and second of all it really just runs along the top of the fabric and it doesn't consistently get all the plants so I put it in ahead of time. So you put down your compost, put down your feeding feed for your soil, put down your drip lines and then you're going to start at one end and you're going to anchor it down on one end of your long row. So say you have a hundred foot row and it's, you know, three foot wide. I use four foot wide. So mine's four foot wide. I put my staples along the end to anchor them. And then I roll it out the long way, putting staples every, I would say every five feet or so on both ends. And then maybe every 10 feet, put one in the middle. The thing is, you really only need them long enough in the spring to let the plants get established, and then the staples aren't really needed because the plants really just keep it in place. And then, so once you have the fabric down, now this is controversial, so let me go back. You are not going to want to burn holes in your fabric if your drip irrigation is already laid down. I repeat, do not burn holes in your fabric after your drip irrigation has already been down you will destroy your drip irrigation and be really mad at me. So I repeat, I did not tell you to do that. Most of my fabric already has holes in it from last year, perfectly spaced. So I can just unroll it on top. Now, if I was burning it, I would have to do it on a solid surface, you know, off to the side, in the driveway, on the gravel, in the garage. But that's not safe, so don't do that. Um, But you're not going to want to burn your holes where the drip irrigation is. Now, in some areas of my garden that are a little bit more heat tolerant that I don't do drip irrigation, I do overhead sprinklers. That's fine because it's there's nothing in there that I'm going to burn underneath it. So I'll just do the, I'll burn the holes with the propane torch as I'm going. So there's a few different ways. When you cut the fabric or when you burn the fabric and you're doing your spacing, so Most plants I try to plant in nine inch spacing as a general rule of thumb. So I know that, you know, if it's a four foot wide, I can fit five across, I can fit five holes. And so, you know, within the middle, because I don't use the very edges, you know, most of them all do nine inch spacing. Some things will need six inches. Some things will need 12 inches. Anything that's less than six, if it's four inches, I actually don't mess with fabric, Typically, I try to just plant them outside and then get fairly well weed control to keep them planted together. So once you have your fabric laid out and you've got your little holes in there, and again, if you have any questions, go to my website and look at the photos. Um, But then I will literally drop the seeds into those holes directly, or I will transplant the flowers directly into those holes like I said, it works out really well. It protects it. It retains the moisture. I just have such good luck with it. And then sometimes I'll place the netting on top of it. Um, if they need like support netting, then I can, I can place that on top of it and have some stakes, but you can directly put them into, into the fabric and cut a little bit of a hole and that's totally fine. So then in the fall, when it's time to clean up, there's a couple different approaches I take. I don't have a brush mower attachment to my skid steer yet, <laughs> but I will someday. You'll have to remove the netting by hand if you do, but a brush mower attachment would be pretty life-changing. I think I'm going to make that investment just because I think, okay, if it's 1200 bucks, you know, what is my time worth to pull out weeds by hand? But that is what I have been doing. That also just disturbs the soil a lot when you pull them out or not weeds, sorry, plants. When you wait, when you pull out the dead plants, it just really, you know, disturbs the soil a lot. So what I like to do is I have a big Milwaukee pole saw and then I just kind of move it back and forth and just cut off the tops of them. And then I will compost the flowers as long as they haven't gone to seed. If they've gone to seed, then I put them in a different pile and get rid of them. You know, you can't put them in the compost pile if they have tons of seeds on them, but it just works really well from that standpoint. And then, so once I have the landscape fabric down, sorry, I'm jumping all around here. I just talked about cleanup at the end of the season. So now we're going to jump back to like June. So say I plant a bunch of seeds mid-May. Well, okay. I usually go through and twice in June, I would say early June and 15 days later, I go through and I have to weed literally everything, every single hole, everything that's not a flower, you got to pull it up. But it really does go really quickly. Surprisingly, I get a lot of volunteers that come out and are willing to do this. Like I get five or six volunteers and they just have fun with it. And we, I'm not kidding when I say we have so much fun, we just blast some music. We all take a row and it takes us like two hours to do the entire thing. If I was doing that by myself, no it would take me days once you get those two big weedings done in June by the time July rolls around I mean you can kind of just spot pull the big weeds you know the the zinnia takes up almost the entire hole where that landscape fabric is coming out because remember these holes are probably maximum three inches in diameter and so it just works out really well yeah so there's very minimal weeds that pop out of it That's typically what I do for weed control. Now, there are some other options. I I honestly don't know about, you know, spraying different pesticides as far as what's going to keep your plant alive and what's not. I I don't know because I don't use those. I know that there's a lot of really good experts out there that talk about, you know, this is just what works for me. And it's kind of funny because I'm going to get hate from the people who, oh, just use some chemicals and do this and it kills everything except for this. Okay, well, I don't want to do that. Okay, well then there's, you know, people who are extremely, you know, no till and da 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 da, and they they won't use fabric because that's cheating or <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but you know they'll they'll add compost and and if anyone's listening to this like, please educate me. I'm I'm interested in it. I just have not researched that myself, and this is what works for me. And I feel like I I do take pretty good care of my land that I own, and you know I did this whole episode with Amanda Radke about sustainability and we just talked about you know sustainability really is up to the owner and the farmer to make sure that your land that you own is going to be profitable and producing and taken good care of for years to come. So if I completely trash my topsoil for 20 years just to get good flowers this year who I'm really hurting is myself and my children because they're not going to have flowers next year so I do I do think this this maintains the health of the soil I feel like I do a good job but I think that you know there are people that will argue no just put some mulch on top of it and take the time to pull weeds and then okay well now I'm I can't keep up with that so I'm paying three more employees to come and drive their car and throw off those emissions and come here and do that and it all just takes time and then now the customer is going to have to pay more because I'm going to have to pay more and anyway there's a lot of different ways you can talk about it, but I think the point is, and I know I'm getting off in a ramble, but do what you can and do what works well for you. One thing that I have used before in my sunflowers, and I I might do it again, is preen. So it is a pre-emergent and I will put that on my website, a link to that product. And basically you, you just sprinkle it on top of your soil and it keeps weeds from ever seeding. So it, 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 it kills them before they end up going to seed. But yeah, it's an herbicide that's added to the fe- fieldscape and it prevents the germinated weed seedlings from ever becoming established. So it, I don't know, there's a lot of people that will use it. They'll throw it right in their cedar mulch in their landscaping around their house and then it just keeps, keeps seed from happening. In a lot of parts of the world, it's used to prevent crabgrass from appearing in lawns so it's used by a ton of lawn and garden companies but again I've used that before for my sunflowers and that's about it so really the only I mean that's pretty much what I use as far as you know any type of chemical that you know to keep keep seeds from coming but I don't even know that I'll use it again this year but it it does work well it's just I I like this landscape fabric method that I have and then I just pull them by hand and works pretty good so that is Kind of my episode. It's it's a shorter one, but on um, what we do for how I control my weeds. I have a couple questions. All right, Abby. So landscape fabric. Maybe I should have asked this right away. I'm te- picturing like a burlap sack texture. What's the texture of this stuff? So it's comparable to. Well, I'm gonna show you on Google. Not burlap. It's 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 like plastic fibers almost. Okay. Looking. But it's, it's a barrier and it's got a little bit of like a fuzzy side on one side and it's a, it's a woven, it's a woven fabric. Okay. It's poly. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's poly. Okay. That helps. Next question. How do you store it? Hmm. I'll post some pictures of that too, but how do I store it? I crumple it up in a ball and then I leave it in a ball and then I just stack them in my one shed and it takes up in the entire shed. And that's how I stored it the last three years until Brent came along, flower farmer fiance. And he unrolls it and rolls it back up. I do keep the staples in it so that it's easier next year for laying it out. And he's, he's approved of that method of leaving the staples in it. Thank God. Um, but yeah, so now we go through and we re-roll it back up. And guess what? He's, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Now in the spring, it'll roll out perfectly and yeah, be great and just save a lot of time in the spring. So I was saving time in the fall and spending more time in the spring. Now I'm taking a little extra time in the fall, but in the spring, it'll be easier. I don't know. I argue that it's going to be the same amount of time either way. It's just, I want it done now and he wants it done right. So <laughs> whatever. Okay, that's all I had about landscape fabric. All right. Well, if you guys have any questions, again, podcast at sunnymarymeadow Let me know what you think. And like I said, I'm not trying to. It, it's kind of funny. It's it, any industry there are arguments of how you should do things and the right way to do it, to do things. And well, that's that's good, but it's not good enough for the environment. Or this is good, but it's it's ridiculous. It's too much work and blah 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 blah. I I generally think I'm a pretty reasonable person. And if if I find a way to do it better or that's going to work for me as far as, you know, there's reasons why and that's going to significantly improve the outcomes, like, sure, I will do it and, I, and I'll, I'll listen to any opinion. And I'm not saying I won't change it. Who knows? Maybe this episode will be entirely outdated and next year I'm out there with a hoe <laughs> pulling the weeds because I read something that it makes your flowers bigger. I, I have no idea. Or maybe the next year I'm like, screw it, I bought a plane and I'm spraying. I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. I'm not going (laughs) to spray on my plane. But I just think that I'm a pretty reasonable person when it comes to, okay, I can see why this, I can see why this, that might be a little extreme. That might be a little extreme. I'm just, I'm just trying to grow some flowers, some pretty flowers and yeah. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at SunnyMaryMeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at SunnyMaryMeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. SunnyMaryMeadow.com.